In an era of online retail where everything is just a few clicks away, buying a car should be no different. That's why at Carvana, you can buy a car 100% online. We made it easy to browse, view, and buy from over 10,000 cars. You can even trade in your old car, all while binge-watching your favorite TV show. Afterwards, we'll deliver your car to you. Or you can pick it up from one of our car vending machines. Either way, your car comes with a seven-day return policy. So grab a seat, relax in your comfy pants, and enjoy the new way to buy a car at Carvana. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. start this one off (laughs) (laughs) all right so dylan and i are here uh, about two weeks ago uh right ish maybe 17 days ago i don't know it's the 20th so about two weeks ago uh dylan and i went to pax so long ago now i know right it's it was two weeks ago and it feels like forever ago but uh we've been trying to get together to talk about it for literally two weeks we were both sent to the desert separately he went to texas i went to arizona both for work not by choice um, although I think we both had an okay time. Yeah. Uh, but we really, really want to talk about some of the cool, uh, more indie games, really, that we, we played at PAX. Um, and there were just so many, and we had such a good time that uh, even though this seems like maybe it's, you know, like a little bit later than everybody else is probably talking about PAX, we wanted to make sure it happened. So um, I think first, actually, the first game I want to talk about, and we'll put it here at the front, is um, Death Squared. Um, it was actually the one interview uh, we did while we were there because... I'm terrible at interviews, and I'm also terrible at asking people to be interviewed. Um, and it was kind of the one that turned out. So uh, these guys were, I don't know, we talked about it a couple episodes ago, but like the most gracious people in the entire world. Um, we only had one microphone, and the dude, like literally we've been talking to him for like maybe five minutes um, and all we'd said was like, yeah, we kind of do a podcast we'd like to talk to. He's like, oh, I've got another microphone. We can, you can, we can use this. Take it with you all day. That's cool. Um, but anyway, uh, I think we'll just cut right here. We'll put in uh, in our interview with uh, the folks f- uh, that did Death Squared, which is a really fun um, Switch. Puzzle. Xbox. Box. PS4. Yeah, yeah. It across everything. Yeah, just fun puzzle game. It's really cool. I bought a copy, and, and we've had a really good time. So right now we'll talk to Ashley from uh, SMG Studios about Death Squared. Hey, this is Cliff from Bite Me Podcast. I am here with Ashley from SMG Studios, uh, who flew all the way to PAX West from Australia to pimp their new game. Death Squared. G'day, mate. Death Squared. Right? (laughs) So this game's super fun. We just played it. Uh, It's available... Uh, it's on Switch, Steam, PS4, and Xbox One. Yeah, and we played the Switch version, and it's really fun. It's perfect for that format. We, you've got the detachable Joy-Cons. Yeah. You get a couple other Joy-Cons. You can play four-player. So tell us a little bit about this game and how it came about. So it's a co-op puzzle game. You can play single-player as well. Uh, and basically it's a game where you have to uh, communicate and coordinate to kind of solve the levels. So you play together. And, yeah, the Switch is like the perfect platform for it because we have 80 like single two-play levels so you can kind of tackle one or two while you're on the commute and uh, it's a game like you've got your son here you know play with your son or play with your grandma we really want to encourage more grandmas to play more games <laughs> uh, and just you know if you know how to go up down left right and you like puzzles then it's a the game for you so you're halfway through the konami code and you've got that yeah and uh, so no grandmas that's just like an untapped market right yeah yeah we actually tried to track down for testing we were at, rang up a few retirement homes saying hey can we bring in our game and like have them play our game and stuff. We're really good. So you know, outside people coming in, they're just like flat, flat no. And was, we, we were naive, thinking like, oh man, someone wants to come visit our people. Yeah, go. Well, and the crazy thing is, is there was such a buzz around that when the Wii came out, where exactly. they were bringing Wii's into nursing That's homes. Where, I think we, we bought into that. So and then we thought, do we should we stalk the shopping mall for old people? And I was like, no, nah, it's a bit creepy. Say, so, hey, come back to our office and play games. So it's perfect. You just get uh, there at like seven a.m. when they're all walking yeah, and, yeah. and bring it back. No, it's but it, it is again. It's like the very accessible Portal Two. Or uh, Overcooked Meets Portal 2. Someone said that before. I really like that one. 
because uh, it's just a game where, you know, it's like putting together IKEA furniture without the instructions. You kind of learn as you go, and then maybe someone will just be like, all right, let's finish it tomorrow because I'm too angry. You know? <laughs> IKEA furniture barely has instructions in the yeah. first place. But So now I saw a guy out here playing this game with another person blindfolded. Yeah, Tell so me a little bit about that. We're Australian, so we bet on everything. It's like kind of a thing. Uh, and so we just thought, we'd make it interesting, we've got a challenge. So if you put on a blindfold and your partner tells you how to control the level and you beat a level in one minute, we've got special levels, uh, you get $100 cash. Oh, that's so we amazing. gave out $200 yesterday. And uh, yeah, so we have people doing that. So some people just go, like, I want to do the challenge. Like, have you played the game? No. It's like, play the game first. <laughs> It'll probably give you a bit more of an advantage. I mean, honestly, I played the game unblindfolded yeah. and died, I don't know, 10 yeah. times in the first three levels. So. Yeah, we've got some simple levels, but yeah, we, we're not getting away $100 really easily. No, so. no, no, of course not. Yeah. So now tell me again, you said there's 80... 82-player, single-player story levels. So we've got a full story that's, you know, kind of voiced throughout. Uh, it's kind of a bit uh, Stanley Parable, Portal kind of thing. We've got 44-player party levels. And it's another 35 or so kind of uh, weird levels that we just couldn't fit in the main game. So, so what's a weird level like? What uh, makes a level weird? Some, sometimes it's like, it looks really cool, but it's really easy. Or it's like super hard. It was like, no one will finish this. And so we just took it out because we didn't want the flow to be like, you know, too insane. Yeah. And uh, we got a few that we finished after we'd kind of like made after we finished the game. Sure. So, so you just had extra stuff and, laying around. Yeah. And we're adding more levels now for free. So it's kind of like an easy place to kind of chuck those levels. Because once you kind of craft a, an 80 level kind of arc, you don't want to go back and uh, no, rejig that. No, with that. So now we talked earlier, and uh, the 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 problem I have with a lot of puzzle games is that the, the difficulty tends to ramp. You know, the first couple levels are easy, and then you hockey stick, yeah. and it bounces me off, and I think it bounces a lot of yeah. people off. And it doesn't sound like this is that way, where a ten-year-old could play most of the yeah, levels reckon, with an adult. Yeah, anything above seven, we've made some like six-year-olds cry at PAX East. They were like, you know, mum's like, we have to go, and she's like, I don't want to be this other level. But um, probably ten and above is pretty good. Um, we do go. We do have spikes, but it kind of you know relinquishes. It goes down, but it's really down. Some people fly through what we think is hard levels because it's all down to your spatial and all problems like that or puzzles. But uh, you know because they all fit on one screen and they can kind of be, you know you can finish pretty pretty much each level in like less than a minute. Nice. So it's not like you know uh, you know use the monkey to make a monkey wrench to fly down you know or use the rubber chicken you know not not too abstract like Monkey Island style. Even though yeah. I love Monkey Island. Um, it's just about, you know, you, you, go, you know we'll go to bed and we'll tackle this one tomorrow. Kind of thing. Understood, understood. Yeah. Um, so one more time, tell us where it's at and then tell us how we can get a hold of you. Yeah, uh, you can see uh, we're on SMG Studios on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, you can go to like smgstudio.com, desksquared.com. We're on all the consoles, uh, $15, bargain. We're on sale on Steam now for the PAX week. I don't know if it's going out before that. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, so $15, bargain. $15 and is like... The perfect price point yeah, yeah. for this Yeah, we're dropping game. our pants already. You know, like, yeah. We're an indie game, so um, for us, word of mouth is working really well for us. Hopefully, you, you know, someone plays it and they share it around. Definitely. Like I mean, I had a great time. We all had a great time. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll continue pushing Thank it. You. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Hopefully, you enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. Did you enjoy that? It was amazing. Amazing. And I enjoyed the game. The game's super fun. Super I've fun. really enjoyed it. It's got single player. It's got... Uh, I think there's like 40 single player maps and then like another 40 multiplayer, either two player or four player multiplayer. And then there's, I think, another like 20 just kind of wacky maps that they, you know, they said we were developing and we came up with. And they didn't quite fit into like what the story is, I guess, in the main game. Because maybe they were a little too easy or a little too hard, maybe. Or a little too strange. And it just would kind of impede the pacing a little bit. Perfect game for the Switch. That's what I bought it on. It's great because with the two-player mode, you can literally just... And it's perfect for a Joy-Con. Like yeah. It's made for just having movement and a couple buttons. Um, do you, is there even... Do you need buttons in that game? Or was it all... I can't remember. I can't remember. It's been a couple days since yeah. I played it, too. We've both been out of town, so... Um, so I think you just move around. So yeah. You really you just need just the... The Joy-Con... The actual... Yeah, the, the joystick, yeah. Stick. But uh, it's really fun. It's really fun. Um, and it's made to be played with... Like your kid or your wife or I mean obviously your gamer friends, but also you know your grandma. They wanted to make a game that anyone could play. Yeah, exactly, and and it works. And the cool thing is you could play it by yourself too, controlling two different of the squares, which are actually cubes. So that's a little misleading, yeah. but um, <laughs> stupid three D space. It's three D space. It's not a two D two D puzzle game where you. You run blocks into I, each maybe, other. I think, I think squared. Maybe it was like a like maybe that's a pun. Anyway, it's not funny. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, I thought it would be an exponent too, but then that would be 
you need a, a cube in anyway, so it didn't. It doesn't work like that. Anyway, we don't talk about math on the By Me <laughs> podcast. We talk about video games. Yeah, it was really fun. Uh, probably one of the fun thing, the coolest thing I saw them do too is is in the single player game, they would actually blindfold one person and have the second person describe to the blindfolded person like where to move to get through the puzzles. They were actually offering, I think, $100 yeah. if you could get through a certain number of levels. But I've seen yeah. quite a few other people do it since then. Yeah, they had a specific challenge. And yeah. a couple people did were able yeah, to do it. Yeah, they said they gave away 2 or $300 the first day, and, and I assume that that probably matched the next couple days. Yeah, and, I, and I, he kind of had mentioned that some people might come up a little cocky and yeah. think they could just knock it out. And it's like, no, you you need to play the game a little bit I first. I played it, and it was but, hard non-blindfolded. Yeah. So I can't, can't imagine playing it blindfolded. Yeah, so. so it's good stuff. Uh, next up, we've got about, I'm going to say 15 games are going to go through, maybe 18 games. I don't know. There's a lot of check marks. We'll see how it goes. Um, and Dylan and I played a lot of the same games, but some of them we didn't play. Um, and this is also going to pull in some games we played at uh, that idea at Xbox event, too. Yeah. So I think first up is Yoko's uh, Yoku's Island Express. Now, you didn't try this at all, right? I don't think I did play this one. Yeah. I, I did watch it a little bit, though. The game's really interesting. Um, it's a a platformer, but the platforming is actually done pinball style. So you actually play um, – I, I asked the developers, and you're actually a um, – dung beetle who's carrying around a pinball like literally like a silver ball and you're kind of pushing around and you'll get to a, a certain part of a level where you need to get to another part of the game and so you'll you'll squish this pinball into a launcher and literally use you know like paddles like you would real pinball to launch the ball further up into the level use it to complete challenges like you know there's there's a level that we played where you have to hit this um trigger in order to bring out a guy and then you'll it was like a slug kind of thing and then you have to hit the ball at the slug and it it wraps itself around the ball and then once it's wrapped around the ball then you can hit it at different barriers and it'll break through the barriers it's such an interesting unique idea it's absolutely gorgeous and it's it's literally unlike any game you've ever played before um i you know I've never I've played pinball games, I've played platforming games, I've never played something to combine those. It was probably my kid's favorite game. My kid came with us to PAX. Um, probably his favorite game of the show. He kept asking me, Can we go play the pinball game? Can we go play the pinball game again? Yeah. And it was it was a lot of fun. So Yoku's Island Express comes out next year. Um, it's gonna be on the Switch, the PC, the PS4, and the Xbox One. Um, one other thing I guess I should mention, too, is if these games interest you, I'm going to put um, videos and information on all of them on our website. So if you want to kind of watch videos as you follow along as we're playing, you'll be by the time this goes live, you'll be able to do that, too. I love a game like this that can take such a old-school, traditional game like pinball yep. and kind of find a way to, to make it fit into a newer, modern game. Exactly. Especially because pinball is, I mean, something I remember... Like playing pinball digitally, like on my first PC when we had some that awesome like Windows space 95 pinball. pinball. It was it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. The game was great. I don't I don't know if I ever really got a very high score, but yeah. it was a lot of fun playing. There's that. a bunch of like Mario pinball. I want to say yeah. on like the SNES or NES. It was a lot of fun yeah, too. So, so yeah, it's, it's cool to to see that in a in a new light that kind of fits in a different game than just literally recreating a pinball machine digitally. Agreed. Yeah. So. All right, next up we've got After Charge, and I did not play this, I don't believe, so this is going to be Dylan. This was... Oh, I did play this game, actually, I lied. <laughs> Liars here on the Bite Me podcast. Yeah. Um, this game was a 3v3. Um, it was very strange, and I, I want to talk about this one because it, it seemed like a fun mechanic that could end up being yeah. something really cool. The tagline was... 3v3 where the creators of robots fight their robot creations i believe yeah it's uh it's a really interesting game um the the one thing i will say about it that i thought was really fun and, and i don't know if you know this or not but so you played it at this is that idea, idea at xbox. xbox so you were playing against another guy in line next to you, right? Yeah, me and my buddy were playing. So there's four other people playing, though, right? Yeah. There's no AI in that game. Right. And so what they did literally is the other four players, and we didn't know this at the time, were actually their developers back at their headquarters playing in these multiplayer games. Which is awesome. <laughs> because they don't have any AI. But yeah, it's really interesting. So you play, which side did you play at? Were you a robot? I, or? Was, uh, I was the attackers. 
Yeah, and so, so those would be the the robots. The robots. And, and so the robots are just trying to kill the people that are attacking them and break like the 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 people that are are trying to kill the robots. Energy extractors. Yeah, actually have these points like in order to shoot your gun, you actually had to stand next to these like energy vials and that would charge up your gun and then you could use that to shoot the robots. Um and you were trying to remember were the which one were invisible? One of them were invisible. The attackers are invisible unless they're punching. Punching, yeah. So, the, so the robots are always visible, right? No, the robots, the robots are invisible, are invisible yeah. unless they're attacking Packing. the or or if they were it, next to the extractors. I think. Yeah, or I think if you can, I think there's like a sprint op. Maybe is this? Yeah, I don't remember. It was a really but. interesting game, though, and it's just an interesting take on that kind of. I'm going to say kind of arena shooter. Kind of thing, except there were really only and there were multiple classes, um, and we didn't play it enough probably to see if to, there was a huge yeah, difference to between see the, them. The difference, but very interesting game though, and it would be because it was only three v three. Like it's really hard to get six v six for an Overwatch game, but it's pretty easy to get three v three. So it, it's a game that I think when it comes out next year could be a lot of fun to play with your friends just because. Uh, it's it's pretty easy to get a team together. Get three people so, together. It's yeah, pretty fun. Yeah, coming out next year for the Xbox One and PC. You can yeah. sign up now, though. I believe to be in their uh, beta program. So go to their website. Yeah. And check it's that just out. a neat looking game too. It's really like kind of neon. Yeah. yeah, it's dark with just really, I mean, contrasting bright neon colors. Yeah. And I think a game with like this with some good level design would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I really um, enjoyed playing it. Um, I watched my kid play it. He really enjoyed it, too. So yeah. I think that's one to watch it's out for called After Charge. Um, next one on the list is UFO 50. Um, this is such an interesting game to me, um, being like an old school SNES, NES guy. Um, one thing I really remember is I had a friend who had imported a cartridge, I'm going to say from Japan or China, for... Probably the original Nintendo, and it was like 150 games in one. And literally, you'd put it into your system. It would just pull up a menu, and it would have, I don't know, like seven different versions of weird pirated Contra and, you know, weird Super Mario games and just all these different wacky games that, you know, some you'd played, some you'd hadn't. Um, or even like even a little further than that, like growing up, I remember we had like Commodore 64 discs that were, you know, 500 games in one that, you know, someone had pirated and given to us. Um, and that's kind of the idea behind UFO 50 is that um, a game developer had made all these games and kind of gone out of business and they'd never really been published. And, and so the idea of this is like a found set of games. And it's the dude who did Spelunky and a bunch of other developers are just getting together and making like 16, eight, probably 8-bit games in all sorts of different styles. There's platformers, there's role-playing games, there's strategy games, um, just all the kind of wacky little games you remember playing, you know, years and years and years ago in the 80s on, you know, an NES-type system. Um, and they're making 50 of them. And we played it at PAX, and it's really, really wacky and interesting. The games, they said, you know, there's there's 50 of them, and they said they're going to be... Sp- like not quite maybe as long or as big as a full size game from that time period, but they're all going to be pretty big. You know, they're, yeah, they're talking, not mini games. No, but. yeah, this isn't. You're not going to be able to beat any of these in five minutes. They're all going to be something you kind of invest your time into. There's going to be levels. There's going to be bad guys. There's going to be bosses. Um, we played a couple. We played like a platformer. This awesome like walrus launching game. Oh, I forgot about was, the walrus launching. game. I have game. no idea what I was doing, but it was awesome. And we were real bad at it. it. There was, was a super soccer cute. game. Yeah, with the guy with the cool pompadour. Uh-huh. I really wanted to play that. Yeah, it, like the, the just the artwork for the like what would be like the cover art for this yeah. game is awesome. And yeah. it, it super fun. It it's coming fun. out uh, PC next year, um, and I bet you that's going to hit consoles too. I wouldn't be shocked at all if that yeah. uh, made it to other places. So UFO fifty, check that out. Um, next one on the list is Tunic, which is a game I've wanted to play ever since I saw its kind of launch trailer. It wasn't really the launch trailer. It's been a development longer than that. But uh, they showed it at uh, E3, and you play this little teeny adorable fox with a little teeny sword and a little teeny shield. Um, and it's kind of a – I'm going to say it's like a Zelda-like um, from at least what I played from. You're just walking through these different environments, collecting things. Um, and – I played it for maybe 
15 minutes, 20 minutes, and it's literally like the cutest game I've ever seen. Um, you walk through these trees. Like you, You've got to see the video of it to really appreciate the art style because it's just, the, like I said, this little, little fat fox, and he walks through trees, and the trees all kind of wobble out of the way. Um, I met the developer, and, and he was just the nicest guy, super, like, seemed completely overwhelmed by PAX and all the people and people playing his game, and just so appreciative that uh, that there were people there trying it out that were excited about it. Um, it's gorgeous. It handles so well. I think it's going to be, it could be very a very deep kind of fun role-playing adventure kind of, like I said, I think it felt very Zelda-like. So give that a look-see. It's called Tunic. Uh, PC and consoles. I asked him when it was coming out, and he gave me a very, very vague 2018. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, maybe 2018, maybe 2019. We'll see. Um, but remember, 2018 is not very far away it's anymore. Really, weird. It, that was actually the funny thing is we talked to these developers. We're like, when's it coming out? They're like, 2018. I'm like, uh. Then I'm like, well, first of all, there's so many amazing games coming out in like the next four months. 2018 or 2017 is full. Yeah. Um, and that's the other reality is that 2019 or 2018 is three months away. It's absolutely it's insane. Nice. I don't know how that happened. But um, next game, At Sundown. Dylan and I both played this. This was Vinny of Vinny's Question of the Week, favorite game from PAX East. Um, and I think it might have been, it was probably one of my top, top t- three, three or four, yeah. depending. It was, it's... I will first of all say I'm terrible at it. Like not just bad, but flat out terrible. Um, it's a four v four killing game. Um, they put you in. It's, it's a top down with not top down. Like more isometric though, right? Yeah, the levels tilted a little bit. Yeah, they put you in. It's kind of like a think of it like you're in the like a game of Clue almost. There's like the different rooms. Yeah, and there's like dark and light spots of the map. Yeah. So I got killed in that room on the left with a shotgun. Yeah. Um, but they drop you in the level. You get to choose which gun you want. And there was a ton Tons of, of different guns. weapons I mean, that do so many different things. I'm going to say 10, 10 12? 8 or 10 probably. Yeah. Um, each has a secondary fire too. So the shotgun shoots. Wait, what? It's just, you can shoot like one or both barrels so it has a longer spread. See, or This is why I'm bad at games. Um, I think... If one of the rifles is shoot a grenade or something, I don't know. Oh. They all have a secondary function. I just stuck with the shotgun. I didn't realize kinda, there was a secondary function. I just wanted to games. shoot them, move on. Yeah. So that kind of worked with but my play cool style. But it's cool because you start out, like, you know, it, it, so these levels aren't big. Um, I mean. It's they, like four or five rooms. Yeah, it all and fits on all, screen. It's pretty symmetrical. Yeah, and they're not even really, I mean, like, rooms kind of gives the wrong impression because it's almost more like, like an, an area with, like, Walls. walls, but the walls don't connect to things. Like it, again, it's probably a game better seen because it, the the script's going to be hard. Um, but I mean, once you see it, you'll go, "Oh, of course, I, I understand that." Um, yeah. Like almost like a very complicated shooting range, maybe. Um, but anyway, uh, you you load in level, and everyone sees where you load in, and then you immediately turn invisible. Um, and the only time that you are actually seen in the game is if you pull the trigger on your gun. Or if you walk through the light, or if you sprint, dash, or if you sprint, yeah, you um, kind of get a trail behind you. You don't, you're not necessarily visible, but yep. you see the. And so you have to really pay attention to not only where people are, but where you think they might be going, and like the logical path of of where they are, and then because you don't want to pull the trigger on that gun until you're pretty dang sure that person's in front of you, um, and it leads to a lot of really fun, you know where. I know that dude's in front of me, and I've got a shotgun that's got a lot of spread, and you pull the trigger, and the dude is two feet to the left of where yeah. you shot. And that dude ices you in the back, and then someone else who's you know down the hallway sees him shoot you and shoots that guy. Um, really fun game. Again, um, coming out next year uh, for PC at this point. Again, I, I can't imagine that game won't eventually make its way to consoles. Yeah. It's perfect for, like, it's good. It's going to be good on the PC, but it would be perfect on consoles where you can get four friends together all on the same couch. Um, yeah. matches are really fast. And so just a great game to like, you know, you yeah, know. it's definitely something I want to play again. Yeah. I super fun. Really, really enjoyed that. Um, next game up is no heroes here, which I did not play. But it looked you, really fun. Did you watch us play that? Oh, wait. No, no. I'm lying again. No Heroes Here. I was thinking of 
that other the the that like hero tower defense game you played. No heroes here. I did play it with you. Yeah. This game is really 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 fun. So this game is like lovers in a dangerous space time, but you're just in a castle. So you're not you're not navigating through space or anything. You're just getting sieged in your castle. Yeah, you're getting attacked by um, archers <laughs> and swordsmen. I sh- I'm sure there's going to be more enemies than what we played against. Um, well, they said there's a ton of levels too. Yeah, so, so different layouts. I think you of said castles. there was like 45 castles or something. But it's really fun because you have to. It's not. It's not like Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time where you just man a cannon. Yeah, it's like overcooked meets Lovers yeah. in a Dangerous Space Time. So you have to get mat- raw materials and forge them into cannonballs and load the cannons and then add the gunpowder gun powder and-, and then hopefully your cannons pointed in the correct spot because. As the enemy's moving closer, you're you're you have four cannons that are aimed at different areas yeah. um, of those guys running in, and you you drop a cannonball on them and they blow up. Yeah, and, and it seemed like there was other defense. Wasn't there like a honey you could pour out that would they get stuck in it? Yeah, yeah. There's all sorts of different kind of s- not siege weapons. I guess it's the opposite of yeah. siege weapons. Yeah, you know, things that you'd use to defend. These towers. Um, we played it four player, uh, me, Dylan, my kid, and just a random person. And it's one of those kind of games that you're walking through packs, and all of a sudden you'll hear a bunch of people just like, whoa, cheer, freak yeah. out. Um, there's a bunch of like four player couch co op games that you'd get pulled into because people, people sounded like they were having so it. much fun. And, and No Heroes Here was definitely one of those. Um, Again, it's going to be a perfect game for sitting on your couch and playing with friends. The the barrier to like entry on that was, I mean, I think anyone can play it. It would be a game you could play with. I mean, obviously, I played it with my ten year old, and he was great. Um, your wife, your girlfriend, yeah, you know, um, you're definitely going to lose the first game you play because. Or not necessarily. You just, it's going to take you a game to figure exactly. out That's, we played, what you're doing. We played doing. two, and the first one was kind of like, where do we go? I don't understand how these cannons work. Yeah. And then even once you figured out how the cannon works, I don't know how many times I'd get a raw material and then try and stuff it in a cannon and go, oh, right, I forgot I got to go yeah. all the way downstairs and make this into a cannonball before I can stuff it inside a cannon. So Because yeah. shooting melting goo at people doesn't, doesn't really... I mean, it probably would work really well, but it's or, really hard to like ignite that and propel yeah, it Yeah, I think it would just like sit in the cannon. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed. I, 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 I don't remember which game I'm confusing that with, but I really liked Unruly Heroes. Probably, yeah, that silly tower defense game that I played for a while. Yeah. Probably, uh, I what it was called. I don't either. I, think it's, I don't think it's on this list anymore, but super fun game. Um, and that's coming out for everything um, early next year. Uh, Xbox One, PS4, Nintendo Switch, and PC. It's going to be a perfect Switch game. Perfect Switch game to play with your friends. Uh, next one is, man, probably one of the weirdest games we played there. Um, it's called Keyboard Sports. Um, it's only a PC game because the entire idea of it is that, uh, you know, like the premise of the game kind of is that, you know, your keyboard's sad because the only keys you ever use on it are WASD, Control, and Spacebar. Yeah. Um, and it's like a series of... I'm almost going to say like WarioWare style mini games, kind of. Yeah. Um, where you use the whole keyboard. Yeah. Like, so literally one of them is running across the street, like Frogger style, like, you know, there's cars coming. And it's not like you hit, you know, the left arrow and the right arrow to run. It's like you hit A S D F G H J K L semicolon to run across the street. <laughs> yeah. Except there's going to be holes in there, so you're going to have to switch down to the next row or uh-huh. the next row and then dodge. Yeah. And so literally you use the entire keyboard and it'll tell you on the screen what button you should be pushing. And so it's this crazy – like first of all, if you're a touch typist, this is the game for you. Um, if you're not a touch typist, you're going to spend a lot of time looking at the screen and then looking down at your keyboard and looking at the screen, looking at the keyboard, trying really hard not to get run over by a car or fall through a hole in a bridge. Or, I mean, there was a, a like a, we didn't actually make it to that level, I don't think. The game crashed, unfortunately, like right before we started. And so we got kind of like someone the, ruined it for us. Yeah, the game kind of like we kind of drew a crowd because there was a lot of people waiting. Um, but there's like a gladiator style like thing where there's all these arrows and spears flying. You had yeah. to hit different buttons to dodge them. Really, really, really unique game though. Right. I think this game is the bane of my existence. I think I do not have the keyboard dexterity to 
to do some of what would I assume would be some more difficult challenges yeah. in this game. It is also, I think, the only game I've ever seen that actually uses the... If you have a... Um, I know the Razer um, keyboards can do it. Um, I, I'm sure some of the other like light-up mechanical keyboards can also do it. But... Uh, you can within a game say, "Hey, light! You know, turn off all the lights in the keyboard and only light up B." Um, and so the game would actually do that. If you were supposed to be pushing B, B would actually light up on your keyboard, and so it would actually tell you if you're looking at your keyboard, it would actually be telling you what to push um, to progress in the game. So it's the first game I've ever that's seen that cool. uses that. It's going to yeah. be published, published by Humble Bundle. Actually, um, it looks like it's coming out uh, early next year. Um, like I said, very very PC exclusive. Although I suppose with Xbox getting. Uh, Keyboard support, maybe maybe it could be an Xbox game too. We'll see. So that was cool. Um, next one I want to talk about was, man, probably one of the most original games I've ever played. It's called Where the Water Tastes Like Wine. Um, and the entire premise of this game is it's like a kind of storytelling adventure. It starts out with you... You're playing a poker game, and you lose you lose the poker game effectively to a demon or the devil. It's a dude with a head like a werewolf, um, and you know you 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 look at your hand and you've got like you know a royal flush or straight flush, some some really good card hand for people that play cards, and think you're gonna. There's no way you can lose, and so you do something like bet. I don't think you bet your soul exactly, but you know something very very close to that. And you lose. Um, and so kind of your... Don't well, bet against a wolf man. Yeah, yeah. He what lo- are you thinking? <laughs> exactly. Um, and so your kind of punishment is you have to wander the countryside um, listening to people tell you stories, you know, like a discovering uh, kind of the oral history of the areas you're walking through. And then you'll meet other people um, on your way and you have to tell them stories, but tell them specifically the kind of stories they want to hear. Um, the game's set in like a kind of Grapes of Wrath-esque Yeah, it's um, kind of a desert setting. bowl yeah, yeah, kind Dust of. Bowl 19... Uh, was that 1920s, 1910s? Yeah. Um, you know, the way they described it, the, the, the guy that I first talked to, you know, said, it's imagine if you were playing a Woody Guthrie song. Um and and it plays just like that. And it's got this amazing kind of like jazz soundtrack that plays in the background. And it was it was it's one of those games that people will play this game and go like, is that even a video game? And the answer is, you know, of course, yes. And it, it also very much answers that, you know, our video games art because it really was. And it was just it was fascinating to, you know, talk to all these little strange vignettes of meeting these people and then I, I did one of the interactions where I tried to tell someone else's story, and they he were trying. Real bad at it. I was real bad at it. They're like trying to give me hints of what kind of story. They're like, "Well, I'm like, I've only got four. None of these are the stories <laughs> the you want to hear." The fourth one that he told him, he still didn't like it. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, I didn't have enough good stories yet. But it's kind of interesting because then the sun actually went down. Yeah, so it was bedtime. I think by the time you. Yeah, you're telling these stories around a campfire yeah. at night, and, and that's kind of your timer is you, yeah. you only have until the sun goes down. Um, or maybe the sun came up. I don't yeah. remember. Something with the sun and it rising or setting. Yeah. But uh, but the interesting thing is that person then tells you the next place they're going to go. And so if you get a story then that you think they might like better, you could actually kind of follow them to where they are and then tell them that story that uh, you think they're like. Just, just such an interesting idea for a game. 100% unique. Had the most – like it was probably one of the most interesting booths I went to at PAX. Like they literally That's for had sure. – all the computers where you could play the game around the outside, like were on these fruit stand carts. Yeah, they they like were drawers. Yeah, and you know, like it looked like a farmer's market. And then around, they had a fire in the center. And they said the first day they actually had fake smoke coming out of it, but the PAX people told them they couldn't do that anymore. Yeah. Um, and they had like bales of hay where you could sit around and like talk to the devs while you were waiting your turn to play. Um, they'd offer you fruit. Like my kid got an apple. They're <laughs> like, "You guys want some fruit?" Like, okay. Um. This beautiful backdrop with this. It was just a gorgeous booth up in the indie section. I think they definitely won the, yeah. the booth art direction award. Especially but. for not being a AAA. 
Yeah. Um, it's such a such an amazing game, though. It's, it's something I'm really excited about. It's coming out in PC early next year. Um, that, that game was originally was supposed to be 2017, so I think that game is going to come out sooner rather than later. So that was really cool where the water tastes like wine. Um, next game I played was, uh, I assume this is called Aegis, A-E-G-I-S, Defenders. Um, this game was really, really, really interesting. Um, we just kind of started playing it. it. At first, you know, I was waiting in line. I was watching these people play. And they were playing like a uh, like a tower defense game, um, where you're setting up all these traps, and you know you're you're playing as these two players, um, and you know bad guys are coming on the screen and getting trapped by your traps and trying to get past all all these obstacles you're putting in place, and you know you're attacking them. I'm like, okay, so it's a tower defense game, which isn't really necessarily my jam most of the time. Um, but then we started playing the demo, and it was kind of this platformy Metroidvania find things and, and so i kind of like i'm talking to the devs i'm like what what is this game and it really is a mixture of kind of an action rpg platformer mixed in with tower defense so <clears throat> excuse me you play the part of a grandfather and his granddaughter, granddaughter. um and you're essentially relic hunters you're 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 raiding caves in order to find these things to sell and and you know it's just kind of what your that's what your your family's always done has been you know tomb raiders um to, to quote another game that you might be familiar with um and you control both of the characters if you're playing single player you control both of them you'll you'll move the grandfather to a point and then the granddaughter will move to a point and and you're making your way through these levels and then when you finally find kind of this end point where you you know you found the stuff that you need you'll it'll turn to a tower defense game um, and then you'll get past that and it'll be more of this metroidvania stuff but if you play it co-op you actually one of you can control the grandfather and one of you can c- control the granddaughter um just beautiful um the artist was there and he was drawing commissions that were just absolutely incredible um and it was just it was it was really 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 unique another one of those just games that i hope gets the i hope it finds a market because it was so different and so interesting um and and just a ton of fun so Check that out. It's called Aegis Defenders, and it's actually uh, going to be PS, PC and PS4, and it's coming out apparently this year. So look for that before the end of the year. And uh, they also said later on there will be more than two characters. I think there's four characters total that oh, you'll cool. play I as. I didn't catch that. And you can swap between all four of them, or if you're a co-op, you can each swap between two or what, whatever. So um, you kind of your party grows. Very um, cool. But yeah, it, the art style was just, was just great. It was eye eye grabbing. Like you would see that game, and you'd have to go walk. Yeah, over just to that check it just out. that gorgeous like SNES style pixel, beautiful, beautiful. And then game. in the the conversation scenes, like the full res art yeah. would kind of pop in from the sides, and is it's kind of a an anime style, yep. so it's got that kind of vibe to it. But a uh, cool game. Yeah, definitely something to check out later this year. Um, you know, in between all the other great games that are coming out this year. So take a look at that. Um, next up is Trailmakers. Um, and this is a game I had absolutely never heard of in my entire life. <laughs> and we were walking through kind of the indie section of packs, and all of a sudden my kid, like, oh, my God, it's Trailmakers, Dad, follow me. And I'm like, <laughs> we like, I'm like, okay, we get there. I'm like, what is it? He's like, it's like a scrap mechanic, but it has, like, a story. I'm like, Okay, cool. And I, and so, like, the developer walks. I'm like, cool, what is this? He's like, it's kind of like Scrap Mechanic, but Scrap Mechanic with a story. I'm like, okay, so apparently your marketing's working. Um, <laughs> and so I watched my kid play it, and Dylan played it for a while. I played it a little while. bit. It's, it's real interesting. Um, you build cars? Yeah, vehicles, I guess. And planes and boats out of parts. Blocks um, and gears and motors and wheels and uh, jet engines and and you make these fantastic contraptions, um, kind of Lego style almost, um, just snapping different parts together and then, um, which is exactly what you do in Scrap Mechanic um, if you're familiar with the game that's in early access right now. And you, but in Scrap Mechanic, all you can do is make them. Um, the difference between that and Trailmakers is that literally there's a quest in Trailmakers to get from where you are to kind of 
the center of this place, and so you're always being driven forward. Which sounds like it's a lot easier than it is, because I think this game relies a lot on physics. So you're yep. going to have to build a vehicle that physically has the right weight distribution to go up a big hill or... Well, and that's what they said, too, is you'll get to a point where, okay, I've made this amazing, you know, six-wheel drive buggy that can go over all these different, you know, rough points and high points and low points and uphills and downhills, and then you'll get to an ocean, and it's not going to work in there. <laughs> so then you have to make a boat, and maybe the boat will get to another place where, you know, you're back on land, but all of a sudden there's a cliff, and so now you have to make an airplane, and it just is going to keep driving you to make all these different vehicles. Really fun um, graphically, very interesting. Yeah, it um, had a cool look to it for sure. Just very, it was it was cool to when your vehicle would break, you'd like hit a button and you'd see the entire thing pull apart and then put itself back together. Just just interesting. Um, and it will be multiplayer too. So you, it's it, it's going to be the perfect game if you are, say me. And you've got a kid who is like 8 to 12 that loves that kind of Minecraft, Roblox, scrap mechanic type game. It's going to be a perfect game to play together with your kids. Um, because it's – and I think a game that you'll want to play with your kids because you're learning about how things fit together and how physics works. And, you know, you know, my kid put this thing together and then, you know, he'd go over harsh train. It would just get jostled to pieces and, oh, so I need to put – I need to put shocks on my wheels or it won't work. And, you know, if I put – if I make my car too tall, it's not going to work because it's going to fall over. And so it's better to make a wider car with, you know, a deeper wheelbase to, you know, go over these things. So it's a lot about problem solving too. I think uh, I think that game is going to be cool. Um, coming out to the PC soon, late 2017. So definitely watch. I think that's going to go into early access, yeah. honestly. So watch for that. Um. Next one is Moonlighter. No, you didn't have a chance to play Moonlighter, I, did you? Yeah, I don't think it's such a again a game with such an intriguing concept. Um, it uh, is coming out for PC, PS4, and Xbox, um, presumably late this year. And <clears throat> the idea, like when I first got into the game, it plays. I'm like, oh, it's a Zelda like because it plays exactly like a Link to the Past. You know, you're just going through these different rooms, collecting artifacts, fighting bad guys. You know, trying to get deeper and deeper and deeper into this dungeon. And eventually I died and it warps me back out to the front of the dungeon and this kind of old man kind of comes and collects me and says, you know, luckily that's, you know, kind of our, our superpower is that, you know, if we die inside the dungeon, we just get pushed to the outside. But, you know, you've got to be careful. Now, what, what did you find? And so, you know, you show him all these artifacts you find. He's like, okay, well, come back to the store and we'll get all those things up for sale. And so literally the idea of this game is called Moonlighter because during the day you run a shop in a village selling artifacts and health potions and all these different things. And people will come into your store and you literally have to, you know, like figure out what you're going to price these things at based on people's reactions to your pricing and supply and demand. But then you moonlight as a treasure hunter going into these caves to actually find the things you sell during the day. Um, it's a really, really fun mechanic, and both parts of the game are really interesting. Um, but just so, so strange and unique. Um, unfortunately, it's not coming to the Switch, which I think would actually be the perfect, perfect home for that. But uh, definitely one to look out for on the PS4, Xbox, and PC later this year. So Moonlighter was, was a very interesting game. Um, next up, Treadnoughts. We both played this game, and literally, ID at Xbox is in this huge room. Like, I mean, it's a massive, massive, massive room, um, and they have like four rows of kind of tables set up with you know PCs and Xboxes on both sides, and they're demoing probably I'm gonna say forty games yeah. in that room, um, just packed full of people, and every once in a while. You'd be standing there, and you'd just hear this huge cheer come up. And you're like, who is it? Oh, oh it's the Treadnoughts guys again. And it's a four-player four tank game. Yeah. So each of you gets a tank, and you play. You can play, I think, did you have to play on teams, or could you play 4v4? I'm sure I think there's probably a free-for-all, too, but we were playing. We played team. on teams, and so we played 2v2, and you load into these, like, wacky levels full of 
just this these weird layouts. But your tanks, as long as they're touching the ground, aren't affected by gravity. So you could drive onto the ceilings. Um, and then when you started to hold down the button to shoot, <clears throat> it wasn't just a straight shot ahead of you. Like the longer you hold the button, your tank turret would actually rotate. So it's not like you, it wasn't like a twin stick shooter where you could just point, point and shoot. You could point and shoot. You had to actually like time your shot to how long you held the button for. But then you also had like boosters on your tank. And so if you got really good at it, you could jump up. Hit, shoot the ground in front of you and push yourself onto other surfaces. And so not only did you have these cool mm. tanks with, you know, no gravity, but they also had this really cool movement where you could jump across weird things and then land on the ceiling and then shoot the guy beneath you. Um, and it just led to these crazy, like, even if you weren't good at the game, you could do these awesome kills that felt just like, like, you knew you weren't good at the game, but no one else had to know you weren't good at the game. Um, and we played I played it with my kid. We played it, it with Dylan and a couple other people. It was crazy fun. The guys are based here in Seattle. Um, young dudes. I mean, like, they were maybe in their 20s. Yeah. <laughs> like, stretching. I think they were all still in college. And it was so fun. Um, there's a public alpha out right now on uh, itch.io. Called, it's called Treadnought. It's coming out for the PC. Go download the alpha and just grab four buddies because it's you'll love it's it. A lot of Super fun, yeah. fun. So that gets us through the list of games that are not out yet. These are all games coming out in 2017, 2018. But we played another like six or seven games that you can buy right now. Um, and we'll go through them quick because you can go buy them right now. So just yeah. go buy these games. These are the games that uh, we played that are already out. Um, some, some of them are in early access. Some of them actually have full releases. But we'll run through them real fast. Uh, first up is a game that I've talked about a ton because it's probably one of my favorite games that have come out this year. But it's the first time Dylan got to try it, which is Nidhogg 2. Yeah, and I never played the first Nidhogg um, so this was a very new experience for me, but this game was super fun, um, just as it was um, explained to me the first time. Um, pick up and play in minutes, you'll figure it out. And if your buddy, like I even came back with my buddy later and played it again yep. um, on Monday, and again, in a couple minutes, everyone can kind of compete with each other. So it's never, even if you're good at Nidhogg, I think, you're still going to have a fun time playing I'm sure that somebody. there's like a skill ceiling to it where like you could get really good at Nidhogg. Yeah. But the levels are so different and the strategies are so different and the random weapons I think really help in that too. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I think it's a little more fun than if you always had the same yeah. sword or whatever Because in the first one you just had a sword. It was yeah. always a sword. Could you throw it? Yeah. You could throw yeah. it. Okay. And the throwing mechanic is so fun. There's yeah. nothing better than like chucking a sword and hitting a dude like right as they're about ready to hit the level just in the back of the head. And right. you can take off running. Um, really, really, really fun game. It's out now for uh, the PC and the PS4. Um, if you get it now or if you already have it, um, they actually introduced a PAX-specific level to it, too, that is very Seattle. It's tons of fun. So check out Nidhogg. Um, second one was a VR game called uh, Ship It, yeah. which I think is just an Amazon <laughs> training program. Yeah, it's super funny. Um, and this is I actually really enjoy this game similar to how Cliff explained Yoku's Island Express is they took a game and kind of morphed it into this other experience. And uh, for Ship It, this is Tetris. So it is like a warehouse simulator, but you play a three-dimensional version of of Tetris by putting blue and red blocks in various patterns like a Tetris piece, but they're three-dimensional. And you put them into a box that I believe is like two by four. Yeah, so I think it's, like, or maybe three by five. Yeah, it was some is some dimension like that. So you're stacking two high blocks, and you gotta you gotta fit them in there perfectly. And you grab the blocks in your VR, and you twist them and rotate yeah, there's them. There's like a, a conveyor belt in front of you that just constantly has parts parts blocks moving, moving past. and you have a blue box and a red box. So you put the blue blocks and the red the blue blocks in the <laughs> blue box and the red blocks in the red box. And then the Ooh. faster you do it, then and the better you stack them. Like if you have any open spaces, you get less points. And then you grab it, grab it. and physically he put it away onto the ship, ship. out yeah. place. Um, I was really excited to show my buddy who came with me to PAX on Monday this game, just because this is literally what he does for. Like my one of my buddies works in a warehouse and actually 
like picks orders, and my other buddy actually programs software for warehouses. <laughs> um, so they can have people pick their orders. So this game was very relevant to the group of people I was with. Did they say it was just like doing it? it? Yeah, it was very, it was really funny because I explained it to him and he's like, that's literally my job is like figuring out how to, like how you actually put items in a box to fit most efficiently. Like that's like what he does um, from a a computer programming perspective. So it's just so weird, but it's, it's a very interesting game and I think it succeeds so well for me was because it was a new take on Tetris and and it put it in a a context that is very real. Yeah. Um as simple as it is to put blocks in a box and then ship it. Like, <laughs> That's what they should have called it blocks in a box. Yeah, like it it was just a really cool game. Um i I was just very impressed with such a simple idea done on a excellent level. So it's ten bucks. It's out now for Vive and Oculus. Uh, next one is the Shoot Shoot Mega Pack, which might be the worst name of any game I've ever played. I think they call it SSMP yeah. as well. Um, we both played this. I played it a couple times. You played it a couple yeah. times. It's a four-player spaceship shooting Shoot. game. I don't know. You, there was a ton of a couple different modes, and so every time you control like a like a little spaceship. By spaceship, I mean like I think it was like literally a triangle, a triangle. shot, like an old school. Yeah, 8-bit style spaceship when they used to just be triangles. Yeah, and you and and uh, a couple other friends, you know, like up to four people would, would go into these different levels. Like, I think the first level was a shrinking level, right? Yeah. So every couple of seconds, the level would get smaller, um, and you could get crushed by the sides, or you could get shot. And then there was a level where every time you either boosted or shot, everyone else in the level Boosted would also boost and shoot. So it was kind of interesting. Like, if you could see someone coming at you, you could actually boost them in front of the, you and shoot them. Yeah. Um, there was a level... You could shoot black holes. Yeah, where you'd make black holes and then you could, like, bounce people into and them. It would suck you into them. Like and it would a black suck you hole into them. Usually I shot a black does. hole and then sucked myself into it. Yeah, I was pretty bad at that. Yeah. Um, and then there was another one that I think... I think you could actually then create custom games that would take... It seems like there was like four or five different like level modifiers, and then you could combine those to make custom levels too. Yeah. So you could make a level that shrank and shot black holes, or a level that, um, like you you know all sync your movements and shoot black holes, or you know the game would shrink. It was really fun. It was like another one of those where you just hear these random like oh, and it was it was that game. Another just I, I was so happy with how many. Like four player co op couch game couch co op games there were yeah. there that you know were just cheap and you know it's it's those kind of games that you you know have a cheap PC hooked up to your TV or you know whatever this game's thirteen dollars um, and you know it's not a game you're going to play every day but it could be totally one of those games where you have a bunch of buddies over and you're like hey let's just play stupid shooters on the couch for four hours and have an amazing time. Um, and SSMP was definitely one of those games. Um, oh, now for PC, the developer said he's working on console ports. So, yeah, definitely fun. Uh, the next one, uh, I did not play because the people there can't count. Um, <laughs> but Dylan did play, and it's a game that we've talked about. It's Fortnite. Fortnite. So, pretty big game. Big game, um, big huge game. display. Um, yeah, huge display. The line was very long most of the time, which is kind of strange because this game is out. Yeah. Um, God, well, and there was crazy to me the number of people in line that were waiting in line because their friends played this game and they wanted them to try it. Okay. So, um, but I mean, God, we waited in line forever. Yeah, the play think, session was twenty minutes. Yeah, long. twenty minutes. So we were we only had to wait for the third session. So we waited forty minutes plus a little bit yeah. for whatever. Um, but this is a game that I was – I don't think I disliked the game as much as I was disappointed that the the trial version didn't do a good job at showing the game off. Yeah. And I think that was my biggest takeaway from it. It's something I would have enjoyed more had it been shown off to me differently. Yeah. And I think it was also strange that they had all those computers hooked up and everyone was coming through to play through at the same time, right? But no one was playing with each other. Yeah, it so was it wasn't all single actually, player. It was all, yeah, it was a single player demo. And I think that was obviously, yeah, there's pros and cons to that. But 
Um, I don't think it's the best way to show that game off, and it's something I would be interested in playing, but the more I hear about it, it sounds like it's pretty grindy. Fortnite, to me, is is 100% a game that I'm not going to pay 30 or $40 for that they have right now because I know it's going to be free to, free to play next year, and I guarantee you it's a game I'm going to download, and I'm going to play it co-op with my kid for two or three hours and never play again. Yeah, It just it looks interesting. The mechanics look interesting, but there's just no big hook to it. Um, yeah. I will say that I think it did like base building better using a controller. Oh, no, because you guys were on mouse and keyboard, yeah, weren't you? Yeah, we were on mouse yeah. and keyboard. I don't know. It looked really easy to like put up a door and you know put up a wall and put a hole in it or lay traps, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Um and like the art style's great. It, it looks interesting, but I just don't want to pay for it when I know it's going to be free next year. Yeah. I mean, they think it has a lot of redeeming qualities, but I hope that's not hidden underneath unnecessary grinding because yep. that's what it sounds to me like whenever I hear someone someone talking about it. So, um oh well. Yeah. We'll get there. I will say that the monitors that you guys played that on, though, were maybe the most gorgeous PC monitors I've ever seen, yeah. ever. I think they were the Acer Predators. Yeah, they're those 27, 29-inch. Yeah, they seemed a little 4K. bit bigger than a 27-inch. I think they were 29-inch 4K monitors, yeah. and they were gorgeous. Yeah, they're like $800 cool. a piece, but my yeah. God, they were beautiful. Yeah. So, you know, there's that. Um, anyway, like we said, Fortnite is out now. PC, PS4, Xbox. I think it's forty bucks. They just did a twenty five percent off of that too, so it yeah. was thirty bucks. But I don't know if that's still happening. But I don't know. It's going to be know. free next year, you know. And they added a battle royal mode, though. Yeah, right? there is. So, a, yeah, they're they're on the PUBG bandwagon. Yeah. So, like every game in the world is going to have a battle royal. Yeah. I, I guarantee you that every like all the Call of Duty games, they're all going to have yeah. some hundred versus hundred kind of thing. Uh, next one, uh, actually, Death Squared. We already talked about great game. Play that yep. game. Uh, I think the next one is actually Dylan's favorite game he played there. It is my favorite game yeah. of the show, which is currently in early access. And it has been for like three years. Yeah. Gang Beasts. And it comes to PS4, but soon, apparently. Yep. But I don't, it's so hard to even explain this game. It's like potato sack lucha wrestling. Like, <laughs> it's the wonkiest, heaviest physics in these, like, blob people and it's like a battle royal, like over the top rope, toss them off the map style yeah, wrestling 4v4. game. Yeah, four v four. Yeah, or they, one they, like four person free for all. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, um, yeah. And and that's the entire that's the entire thing of the game is like one of the levels we played. You're literally on like a sign along a highway, like a like an a ad, billboard, a billboard. Thank big, you. I'm billboard. like I knew those things had words. Um, and you're fighting on the like walkway that goes in front of the billboard and the entire idea is to get the other people and throw them off the side or knock out the billboard and push them out but with like the jankiest like quap physics you've ever like every it's, single person is like they have no bones like i don't know it's amazing they're full of pudding yeah and the 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 sound you make when you hit somebody is just like like you're slapping, slapping pudding. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> but, but it's so... It's really strange because at the same time, like, it feels like you have almost no control over your character. But then you play it and you're like, oh, no, I know exactly what I'm doing. It just doesn't it, always work. It's just it's amazing how much effort you have to put forth into what you're trying to actually accomplish, yeah. which I think is why it's so satisfying. Is like when I grab that big blob and hoist him over my head yeah. and try to wiggle my way towards the edge <laughs> and throw him and he doesn't quite make it. Yeah, and he holds on, to on me the edge and, and he, <laughs> he pulls me with him and I almost fall off, too. And then someone else grabs on it and it's a chain of blob yeah. people like falling off together and it, it's just so satisfying it was super fun but there's like a there's a billboard level and we played one where you're like window washers like on a window washer thing, thing that's connected by a board and so like you can throw the board off and then you have to jump across i don't know it's it's a game that like you literally need to really play to appreciate like i've almost bought it a handful of times and just hadn't because i'd kind of heard kind of mixed things in early access like that it was it came out to a lot of acclaim and then kind of you know didn't do as well you know it's had some kind of problems in early access since then but god it was so fun it's the it's again it's the perfect game to sit down and play with four buddies on a couch yeah um it is out for pc now it is coming out for ps4 i'm trying to figure out how much it costs 
because uh, it's not much, I don't think. Uh, it's on Steam right now for 20 bucks. Yeah. So, And I have not played a game that just made me laugh out loud like this. It, as I can't really remember. Because yep. it's not usually an a, a experience you have with games. It's just like rolling laughing. But um, it's super funny. It's just... It was it was time. really fun to like because the way you did it too is you just get in line with four people, and so we just wait in line and the people in front of you were screaming and laughing and then you know the people in front of them you know you'd wait a little more and the next people would be screaming and laughing and then you get to play and you're like I don't get it what's this game about and then you'd play it and, you, and then all of a sudden you're the people screaming yeah, and laughing it's, so. it's so great I also got to see Tim Schafer um, yeah. while waiting in line which was because that was a double fine game it's a I double fine game yeah that. I'm like oh my god it's Tim Schafer he's famous I want to talk to him but I'm scared. <laughs> And then he walked away. And then he walked away. <laughs> so yeah, that's how it goes. Every time I see a famous person, I'm like, I want to talk to them, and I never do. Yeah. Uh, lastly, uh, game uh, is Figment. It is actually not out yet. It comes out actually probably the day this goes up. I think today's the 20th. I think this will probably go up the 22nd. Um, and so it'll be out by the time you hear this. It's a really interesting game. Um, the idea of it is you are a person. Um, that I can't remember if you're asleep or in a coma. Um, and the game takes place like inside your subconscious and the different areas of your subconscious. And it was kind of a environmental um, kind of adventure game where you're, you're this character and you're having to walk around um, and kind of solve puzzles. Like the, the portion I played was supposed to be taking place kind of inside the imagination center of your brain. And so a lot of it was, uh, your the areas were kind of walled off by fog, and so you'd spend a lot of time finding these little like charge crystals that then could charge um, like big windmills that you could then rotate. And once you could get them charged and rotating in the right direction, then it would blow out all the fog. And you'd be able to go to a new section of it. Um, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful kind of like <clears throat> like impressionistic surrealist. Um, art style that you just kind of have to see to understand. Um, but just, it was gorgeous to play. The music was fantastic. Um, the developers were just super, super nice guys um, making a game that looked really fun. Um, I, definitely one that I'm going to try out. Like I said, it's going to come out um, on PC, uh, on Steam in a couple days, and then it's going to come to consoles after that. So it uh, definitely one to look out for. It's called Figment. Um, that's all the games. Oh, no, we've got one more. I almost forgot. We didn't put it on the list, but uh, Dylan tried it at ID at Xbox. Xbox and PAX a few times. Uh, I kept going back to it, and that's Hello Neighbor, yeah, which is from Tiny Build. The newest Teeny Build game. Tiny Build, Teeny is it Build. Tiny Build? I don't know. I don't know. Tiny Build. Teeny's smaller than Tiny. Whatever. Um, anyway, weird game. Yeah. Super weird game. And that's why it's like I want to figure out more about this game, so I kept kind of playing it again because it's hard. It's a. Uh, you sneak into your neighbor's house who's got some kooky secret and you try to figure that out. So you have to try to get into his basement. But if he spots you and like catches up to you, you have to restart. Yeah. So it's it's very it's very hard. You're um, sneaking through rooms and using the environment. To... And it's really wacky. Like it's kind of almost like Doctor Seuss like. Like yeah, like um, the art style's weird. The you know, but this dude, like, I mean, he's got like bear traps all around his house. Like, yeah, he's definitely hiding something. And he's like this. The the your neighbor character is the most amazing looking guy. He's like, I don't know, three feet tall and has this great hat. And, yeah. yeah, um, but it's it's it seems very interesting and it doesn't do much of explaining it you just kind of have to figure it out and i guess that's kind of interesting but i hope i hope it does give you a little bit more mm-hmm. um kind of help to get started in maybe a, the final version of this game when it comes out um but it's currently in like it's beta Early you can on Steam. you can one of its is it alpha or beta what's in what order? I don't know. Alpha's first, beta's Al- second. So you can download the alpha for free and play the jankiest version of the game. Oh, you're Or right, you yeah. can early, or you can purchase the beta. Can uh, you? Like, I'm looking on Steam right now, and it says it's not available until December 8th. Oh, really? Yeah. So maybe you will be able to purchase the beta. But anyway, you'll be able to buy a, 
a later version of the game if you're interested in early access to the game and then playing the full oh, yeah. game so when it comes out. So if you pre-order it right now, you get immediate beta access. Okay, that's access. what it is. Yep. So you get beta access if you pre-purchase the game, or you can download the alpha for free and play it in its jankiest version. It's it's interesting. to Their their description of it is, Hello Neighbor is a stealth horror game about sneaking into your neighbor's house. Play against an advanced AI that learns from your every move. It was... Yeah. Maybe the guy doesn't have a hat. I don't know why I thought the neighbor had a hat. He's, He's got, got a cool, a like, cool slightly whiplash must- mustache, Yeah, though. cool mustache yeah. and weird proportions, like tiny legs, big chest. Um, yep. That's available now. 30 bucks. Yeah. Um, if you're into that kind of thing, I definitely recommend it. Um, if you like that kind of challenge, um, it's definitely a kind of a puzzly game trying to figure out how you... I mean, you can cut off power to the house, or there's cameras everywhere. Um, there's different ways to make noise. There's keys to doors, and like, I don't know. You can hide in closets. It's it's interesting. It, you just gotta figure it out. So it's like I'm really curious how you actually beat this game. I'm sure yeah. people have, and I'm sure you I'm can sure. go spoil it and watch yeah. it online and figure it out. But um, definitely worth checking out. Yeah. It's something I want to check also, out. Also, gonna least, be on the so. Xbox. Yeah. So check that out. Um, I think that's all the games we played at PAX. Um, like I said, we really stayed more indie this year just because I'm too lazy to wait in a four-hour line to play Far Cry 5. Yeah, I'd rather play... Oh, yeah, I did, I did play one AAA big game. Oh, I did not play any uh, play. And that was Detroit Become Human, oh, the new uh, David Cage game in the vein of Heavy Rain yep. and Beyond Two Souls. And it was great. Um, I can't wait to play that. Uh, that is the games I really like. Um, basic premise of the game is uh, artificial intelligence as, like, these police officer agents and how that can kind of... I mean, the whole ethics behind that, right? So um, they took her gerbs, that kind of thing. But um, you play as the android coming into this crime scene and analyzing... um, And there's actually a a shooter holding a hostage at that time, and you're trying to convince the shooter, who is also an android, but one that has... Kind of sentience, almost. Yeah, and he's... He's felt he betrayed because he was going to be replaced yeah. by his masters or owners, whatever yeah, you yeah. call it. And he was kind of like uh, and that family's android, and he's being replaced because something was wrong uh, with him. So you have to work through this problem and either be honest with him. It, it, it's just a very interesting, I mean, real future kind of uh, situation to play through, and that should be really fun. But. Cool. Um, I got in line right away in the morning and played it, and got then it. I was like, that's it. And then I'd rather play a lot more games than yeah. a lot less games if I'm going to It's a great spend. part of PAX is you can literally play a game every 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. I look kind of through my list, and it looks like I played about 34 games in three days. Yeah, so, so. It's good stuff. Excellent. Well, that is us for today. Um, thanks for coming by. If there was anything, if you guys went to PAX and played something that you really liked, let us know if we missed it. Um, there's so many games that I guarantee you did. we did. There's, I yeah. mean, there's, there's games you'd have to walk by yeah. and you're just like, ah. There games that, there's other hotels that we never ended up at. We missed the entire Seattle, in the, Seattle indie stuff. So. Yeah. The there's, Nintendo line was... Oh, it geez. was like a three-hour wait, but you got to play 18 games. games at the end, but which is probably a good value if you really want to wait in a line for three hours, but... Yeah. It doesn't feel like you're getting a no. much of a value, so I only had one switch with me too. Yeah, so. but uh, tons of stuff. Just let us know what you liked, what you didn't like. Um, but I think these games are going to be ones to watch for over the next year or so. Yeah, um, a lot of cool stuff will come out. So I think that's us for today. Um, and uh, have a good one. Bye. 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 <laughs>
Well, trying to at least. There are lots of great things to dream about doing in South Carolina. So when you're ready to visit, South Carolina is ready to make those dreams a reality. From a classic road trip to a relaxing weekend getaway, South Carolina is open for discovery. Start planning today at discoversouthcarolina.com.